Hey everyone, welcome to this week's Weekend Extra. So good to be with you guys. I'm Joe, this is Jeff. How you doing? How you doing? <laughs> awesome. We're going to jump right in. Just had a fantastic conversation wrapping up five assumptions about God and why they're wrong. So I wanted to dig into the last few concepts here with Jeff. Uh, one question, we're talking about a real view of Jesus. Yep. And uh, I think it was just fantastic to dive into that. If you missed it, of course, catch it online. Okay, but now we might see Jesus for who he really is. Mm-hmm. What does practically following him look like in that light? Yeah, so the you know, the assumption was that Jesus is just for kids. Right. So when you get the real view of Jesus, you start looking at his strength, his power, his authority, uh, his his ability to endure, all, all those kind of things. And the way that shows up, I think, often is in faith and boldness. Mm-hmm. So it's fascinating, like the the apostles, the disciples who were with Jesus saw all this, witnessed it all, knew him. When they prayed, they never they they never prayed to make it go away. They never prayed for an abundance, you know, they never prayed that God would give them what they wanted. They prayed for boldness and strength and faith. And so they saw their Lord living this way. And so what that does, when, when I see Jesus that way and I'm emulating those things in my life, it's not that I become like angry and like a stubborn jerk kind of a thing. It means that uh, in part, like I I cease to be a, a preferer of men. Mm. Like I, I might have the strength, uh, the, the boldness to uh, prefer what God says over what culture says. Uh, to care more about what Jesus said or thinks than I, you or whoever might say or think. And so much of our compromise in our Christian life is that we we will listen to men over God. We'll care more. Uh, the reason that we don't share our faith is because we're embarrassed. Mm. Well, we care more about what somebody thinks than what God would tell us to do. So yeah. when you shift that around and you realize that the Lion of Judah, which is one of the names of Jesus, is before you, and then the scripture says, if he's before you, who can stand against you? Well, it completely changes, you know, the 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 way that I interact. If I, if I walk into a room and, and I walk in there and I have a a, a a skinny guy with no muscle, I have one one you know one way that I'm going to look at the room, and there's a certain confidence that's going to come because this is my backup. If I walk into the room and the rock is with me, you know, I have a different way that I'm going to see and approach the room. I'm going to carry myself in a different way. So that really changes when we understand who God is, when we understand the certainty of victory, when we understand a certainty of his power, yeah. and it alters the way that we live. And, and that doesn't mean get loud and become a jerk. Right. I, we translate it that way sometimes. It's it's actually what meekness means is a confidence and a strength that's yielded to to Christ. It is a maturity that God brings yeah. in that exact strength. Yeah, it's fantastic. I'm I'm pretty challenged with all that this week, honestly. Just like what it means to be a man that follows God, what it means to be someone that um, has this real view. And as I even try to raise my daughter, like what example of a godly man am I bringing yeah. to her? Like those are the the manly decisions that we have to make, and the the real decisions of anyone that's following Jesus. Um, so that was uh, in great context of what we talked about this week. But as we kind of look at the whole series, um, you know, a lot of these assumptions are based <laughs> in the fact that you have some type of churched background, yeah, um, which has been fantastic. 
But what if your background isn't churchy at all? You just started coming or maybe in the last couple of years or your only experience has been here. How do we unpack this? What do we do with our assumptions that might come somewhere else? Yeah, the five assumptions about God and why they're wrong is definitely written from uh, a church point of view. It's really my my story in in many ways, and so it's uh, it's some of the negative and the the scars that can come from being raised in the church. It's a bunch of positive too, but there can be that that negative side. So, if you don't have that background, or if you were raised in a healthy church and just don't have those. Um, those wounds in your life, then your assumptions about God can be whatever, right? So you might have an assumption that God is judgmental. Uh, you may have an assumption that God has uh, his chosen favorites. Uh, you may have an assumption that God is for Christians and against everybody else. You might assume God hates gay people. Uh, you may assume that uh, if you want something and have enough faith, God will give it to you. Like there, there's the, the list is literally endless, right? That you can go on and on because it's all kind of personalized. What we are told to do is to always bring our thinking back to Scripture. And so Paul says to Timothy, "You are to have sound doctrine. So sound doctrine or sound kind of foundations about God, and then I add good theology." Theology is a broad understanding of God drawn from the Bible. When you have sound doctrine and good theology, you will come to the right conclusions, okay? So for instance, a sound doctrine would be the Holy Spirit is God, and he helps me, leads me, and helps me understand the Bible. That's a sound doctrine. A good theology then would be this. The Holy Spirit helps me to live for God and to express God's heart and mind in individual ways. That's good theology. That's answers in the question that if I have enough faith, God will give me whatever I want. Because that another piece of theology or doctrine would be, I exist for God, he doesn't exist for me. Mm-hmm. I exist to bring him glory, he doesn't exist to make my life what I want it to be. Yeah. So I take all, and then fill in whatever assumption you want, right? There's a gazillion. Fill it in, you bring it back to the Scripture through sound doctrine, through good theology, and then ask, well, what is God actually saying? What is His mind, and what is His heart, and His character? What did He tell me? What did He show me? What did He do? And then how do I weave that into to my life? Yeah, it makes me think of uh, one of my favorite verses is Romans 12, too, that we don't have to be conformed any longer to the pattern of the world, but instead be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Yep. And if we're going to have sound doctrine, if we're going to have good theology, we have to not only uh, be doing this ourselves, but encouraging one another to consistently dive into yep. the Bible, connect with God every day, and see what He has to teach you and transform your heart with. And this is a huge part of what the church is for. Yeah. We help each other in this. We show each other this. And a healthy church will not be upset with your questions. They'll be excited that you have them, and they'll take you to the Scripture. That's a big piece of it. They'll take you to the Scripture and help you sort that out. Yeah. Well, that's this weekend's Weekend Extra. It's so good to be with you guys. Check out more of them online. Check out the series, and we'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.